Hi, it's Curious City editor Alexandra Solomon. And today on the show, we're revisiting a story from last year about something known as Midwest nice. You know, that idea that people in the Midwest are somehow nicer than people in other parts of the country. Midwestern nice is this understanding that you should be kind to people regardless of the circumstance and that you should suppress any urge to speak ill of anybody. So are Midwesterners really nicer? Hmm. Reporter Andrew Merriweather has that answer. That's coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Curious City listener Shining Lee lives with 12 housemates in Hyde Park. And when the dishes pile up in the sink, Shining just bluntly asks people to clean up their mess. But she says that not all of her housemates are so direct, especially those from the Midwest. My housemate wrote this um, sign and put it above the sink, and it says, Hey, did you know that if sponges are left, like, soaking, they'll develop germs and be stinky? Oh, no. (laughs) It was like, and there was maybe, like, a little sponge, and it had, like, a smiley face, and, like, it was, like, running around. What Shining is describing reflects a common stereotype about Midwesterners, that they're just plain nicer and maybe a little more passive-aggressive than the rest of the country. It's called Midwest Nice. Shining is a Chinese immigrant who grew up on the East Coast and moved to the Midwest at the age of nine. And even at that young age, she noticed that people acted differently. In Delaware, like, you go to a grocery store and, like, no one talked to you. And then I moved to Ohio and, like, people waved at each other on the street and it just fe- it felt more welcoming. But as she got older, she had this nagging feeling that it was all an act. So Shining asked Curious City to investigate whether Midwest Nice was actually real or just a made-up stereotype. If you haven't heard of Midwest Nice, maybe you've heard of Minnesota Nice. It's basically the same thing. You may have seen it in movies, like in this scene from Fargo, where Marge, played by Frances McDormand, ever so kindly tells a man not to sit next to her. No, why don't you sit over there? I prefer that. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, no, just so I can see. I don't have to turn my neck. Oh, sure, sure. I, I... Or take the church lady from Saturday Night Live, who has a very Midwestern response to things she finds unpleasant. Well, isn't that special? Obviously, this is a huge generalization about millions of people. But I learned that there's evidence Midwest nice is real and stems from how the region was settled. And today it raises important questions about racism and inclusion in the Midwest. I'll get to all that in a minute. But first, we need a working definition. So I reached out to someone who's thought and written about it. Journalist and Iowa native Paul Kicks. Here's how he defines it. Midwestern nice is this understanding that you should be kind to people, regardless of the circumstance, and that you should suppress any urge to speak ill of anybody. He says it doesn't mean that Midwesterners don't have negative feelings or thoughts. They just don't express them directly. But they do communicate them with a kind of code. Subtle sounds, eye rolls, and long silences. Like his mom. Back when Kix was in college and decided to grow his hair out, this is what she said. Oh, that was it. With just one sound, Paul understood. She hated it. But I mean, this is still anecdotal. 
it's not the kind of thing anyone has data on, right? Yeah, I mean, based on the data that we have for approximately 1.5 million people, uh, it would appear as though it is real. So there is data. That's Jason Renfro, a psychologist at Cambridge University. In 2013, he and his colleagues crunched data from personality surveys. They found three distinct personality profiles, each associated with a region. One of them was the Midwest. Which we labeled friendly and conventional, which was marked by high levels of extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and low levels of neuroticism and very low levels of openness. So Midwesterners are extroverted, agreeable, but not open? Renfro explained it this way. Someone high in extroversion and low in openness would be somebody who's very sociable, talkative, but maybe isn't particularly uh, curious or, um, or open to new ideas. Now, remember that this is an overall trend. Certain places, such as big cities like Chicago, and many individual people won't conform. But still, this idea of Midwest nice, this outward friendliness but internal closed-mindedness, is more common here than in other regions. So Midwest nice is kind of a thing. But how did Midwesterners get to be this way? Historian John Lauk has a theory. He says it comes from the late 1800s, when the Midwest was settled by farmers. Well, one of the things that is a key component of agrarian society is a high level of cooperation, or what the historians call mutuality, or to put it in plain English, having a barn-raising culture. Have you ever tried to raise a barn? Yeah, me neither. But I bet it's pretty darn hard to do by yourself, or with a bunch of jerks for that matter. So being nice was key. But he says there's more to it than that. Niceness also helped people get along in a diverse region. In fact, the most diverse region in the country. Now, they weren't racially diverse. But unlike earlier settlement on the East Coast, where people clumped by national origin or religion, Midwestern communities brought together people from lots of different places. They came from the South, the Northeast, as well as Ireland, Germany, Scandinavia. So you had all these different languages, cultures, religions in the same place. And at the time, those differences really mattered. So to get along, it helped to be nice and friendly, but not too inquisitive or critical. If there was a disagreement, a Midwesterner wouldn't say, you're wrong. Instead, they might say something indirect, like, Well, isn't that special? But over time, those differences became less important. And today, most of the descendants of those early settlers are just considered white Americans. And this brings us back to Question Asker Shining's experience in Ohio. She was a first-generation Chinese immigrant in a predominantly white suburb. And she said people seemed welcoming, but she could never tell if it was genuine. Was that partly due to racism? Dr. Suhey Vega says yes. She studied the experience of Latinx immigrants in Lafayette, Indiana, for her book, Latino Heartland. The white families in the neighborhood and the Midwestern families wouldn't outright be negative towards them. And some would even wave and say, hi, you know, how are you doing? Um, Or welcome them. But there was almost like a superficial to that. Vega says that some of these people simply didn't know how to behave around people from different cultures. But they had the sense of, I'm uncomfortable by your presence. I'm afraid of what I might say. Um, I'm uncomfortable with your presence because you're different. And I think that plays into the Midwestern nice um, because people want to be nice, but there's also a lot of awkwardness when it has to do with race politics. And that squares with what Jason Renfro found in his research on the Midwest. Agreeable, but not open-minded. And instead of acknowledging their awkwardness, Midwesterners are just, well, polite. And that can provide a kind of cloak for discomfort, and in some cases, even racism. 
But Vega doesn't think the Midwest has to stay this way. We want to embrace our differences, embrace the fact that we're not all comfortable with each other, and then move forward in that conversation rather than keep avoiding it because it's not comfortable. Of course, to do that would require confronting discomfort and maybe even being a little more open and direct like Shining. In other words, redefining Midwest nice. Now, wouldn't that be special? Thanks to Andrew Merriweather for that reporting. Up next, Curiosity is looking for some help from Chicago students and teachers. More about that after the break. Curious City is supported by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curious City today to get 10% off your first month. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Recently, Curiosity partnered with the education news site Chalkbeat Chicago to do a story about Reparations One. That's a history curriculum for Chicago public school students. The mandated curriculum was part of a package of reforms that were demanded by the movement against police torture in Chicago. And we want to understand more about how the curriculum is being taught in schools. So if you were a CPS 7th, 8th, or 10th grader in the last three years, or if you're a teacher who works with those grades and has taught this curriculum, we would really love for you to fill out our survey. You can find the survey by visiting wbez.org slash cpssurvey. That's wbez.org slash cpssurvey. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. It's produced by Joe Dassault. Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer, and Monica Eng is our reporter. I'm Alexandra Solomon. Thanks for listening, and students and teachers, fill out that survey. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.